afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Why? Why take a chance? Why risk a mistake? Why say something? We all have reasons why we choose to ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right. The word why can either paralyze us or empower us to stand up and protect what we love. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my family. I see safe for my friends. I see safe for my students. We see say for each other. I see say because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. A why that unifies this community we're all a part of. So protect your everyday. Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Are you ready to pack with power and precision? Packer Jack, your local packaging experts. From stretch wrap to banding, tapes to corner boards, and edge protection and PPE, we've got it all to ensure your shipments arrive safe and sound. We offer stretch wrap machines and battery-operated banders for ultimate efficiency and convenience. At Packer Jack, we take pride in delivering top-notch quality and exceptional service. Visit us today or online at PackerJack.com and experience the difference with the trusted packaging partner right here in the Tri-State area. Wrap it up with Packer Jack. PackerJack.com. Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at hoopyfieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Closing in on week seven of the high school football season that will kick off around the state tomorrow night. Just three weeks left in the regular season before we turn the page to postseason play. Next weekend, we will have sectional draws on Sunday. So playoffs just around the corner, but we have conference champions to crown, other storylines to talk about. Over the next three weeks, including tonight, some big games in each of the area conferences around the area. We're going to talk to Jason Garrett, head coach of the Bishop DeWinger Saints. His team preparing for the Battle of the Bishops tomorrow night against the Bishop Lures Knights at Lures Field. Later on in the hour, we'll talk to Columbia City head coach Brett Fox. His team coming off a defeat at New Haven last week, ended their run as an undefeated team. And they will try to bounce back this week. And it doesn't get any easier for Columbia City as they will host East Noble coming up tomorrow night. So we'll talk about 
that matchup and more with Coach Fox later on in the hour. But we start where we always do with our buddy, Mr. Dan Vance from OutsideTheHuddle.net. Evening, Dan. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Pretty good, Dan. We, we sat here last week and said, okay, we feel like we know what's going on in the SAC. Snyder beat Carroll. That's it. Then Homestead ruins that by beating the Panthers last week, shaking everything up now in the SAC. So how do we make sense of the conference now after the Spartans' victory over Snyder? Well, yeah, it definitely clouds things a little bit, but I think the, the key to that is going to be that, you know, Homestead is a team that we're not even really sure who they are, even after a win over Snyder. So how much weight do you put into that one game? This is a team that just fell to Dwinger. Dwinger's playing good football as well, but we didn't think Dwinger was on the level of a Snyder. Uh, so is Homestead beating Snyder, is, is it, uh, you know, kind of a mirage? Would it happen nine times out of ten, or was this a, a one-time thing? So I don't think that you, you – you know, you give Homestead definitely credit. Nobody beaten Snyder. We looked at Snyder as a team that possibly could even make a uh, postseason – still could, obviously, make a postseason run. Um, so you got to give credit to Homestead, but you say that that is a, a definer of this conference right now. Obviously, it shakes up the standings in that A division a little bit, uh, possibly at the top, you know, pending some games coming up. But I, I don't know that you definitely – that you, like, change your mentality just because of that one game. That's the big thing is how much do you put stock into one game, as important as that is. But you can play that game in the SAC where you say, okay, Snyder lost to Homestead. Homestead lost to DeWanger. DeWanger lost to Carroll. Who lost to Snyder? So it just, it's, it's, a, it's just like a circle if you wanted yeah. to play that game. So when you look at now the SAC where it stands, a four-way tie at 3-1 in the A division, you have Bishop Bluer still 4-0 in the B division, is there a team you look at with the inside track? Do you think Bishop Lures can go undefeated? They have Dwanger, Southside, and Homestead left. Do you see maybe a tie in the athletic conference? What do you see as maybe the important matchups and the team with the edge right now competing for the victory belt? Yeah, I think that the important matchups are, are probably both this week. Uh, you know, that's, that's what the good part about rivalry week is. Uh, there's probably only two games in the SAC rivalry week that are actually good, but I think they're important And <laughs> uh, Homestead and Carroll and Dwinger and Lures. So uh, I think that you take a lot of stock into what comes out of this week, maybe more so than last week. If Homestead is really uh, as good as advertised last week, then they get the one over Carroll this week, and I, I think it answers a lot of questions. And the same goes for Lures. Look, they have good wins. Uh, they've played some tough games. They played really hard last week. Uh, but it wasn't a Northside team that is as good as, say, Northside was last year. So does Lures' win last week mean as much? If they beat Dwinger, uh, it certainly does. Dan Vance, outside the huddle.net, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show, presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Dan, I wanted to ask you about the totem pole game, and you and I both went to Northside, grew up watching Northside, grew up watching this game as well. Rarely does it have ramifications in the SAC in terms of championship, but you saw Southside end their 22-game losing streak last week at Concordia in convincing fashion. Northside coming off a, a chaotic loss against Bishop Lures. They don't have Bronte Johnson tomorrow night. So when we look at this game tomorrow night at Chambers, or excuse me, it's over at Archer Stadium off Calhoun, is does Southside have a shot to make it two in a row? 
I don't know that I would uh, make them anywhere near the favorites, but I think that last week definitely plays a role. Look, Southside is very young, and we're not just talking about uh, a new coaching staff, a new concept of how they do things. That team's very young. You know, you're, you have a freshman quarterback who played extremely well last week to help them get that win. Um, and so the momentum is huge, and I think that we looked at this game a week ago, and we're like, oh, this will be a north side blowout. They're more experienced. They have uh, probably the better athletes. But now Southside gets the momentum. You take Tay out of the game. Uh, and I think it's more of a game. And, you know, I love to see that. The Totem Pole game is uh, historically a, a great game. It's been a pretty one-sided rivalry lately. Um, but I think that the Southside has more of a chance than you would have given them a week ago for sure. That momentum of getting that game and getting over that hump uh, does a lot when you know how to win. And this group, uh, be it together or some of them as high school football players didn't know how to win. Now they've won and you get a taste of that. And it does change things. Dan, looking at the Northeast state, we had some clarity last weekend, uh, last Friday night at new Haven, new Haven gets the 21 to seven win over Columbia city. Columbia city takes their first loss of the season. New Haven. Now the lone undefeated in the NE eight, both in the conference and overall, but still a lot to to play for in the Northeast State. You have East Noble, Columbia City. You have New Haven having to go to Kendallville to take on East Noble next week. Let's look at that uh, Knights and Eagles game coming up tomorrow night with Columbia City's ability to bounce back. How is it important for them? And East Noble can still control their own destiny with the with a game coming up against New Haven at home in Week Eight. Yeah, it's critical. As much as New Haven's schedule uh, is is easier, two of these last three weeks. Uh, East Noble and Columbia City really is still for a chance at, you know, sharing or owning that conference title at this point. So uh, it's a really important game, and you got to look at the Eagles team and, and what they can improve on. Something we saw last Friday, Justin, you and I were both there, is that Columbia City has started to go experiment more with the passing game. Now, Stratton Fuller is almost always the recipient of the passes, but Grayson Bradbury threw almost as many passes last week as he had thrown through the first five weeks of the season. So that's going to open up the run game more. So I think that's something critical against East Noble. East Noble's really strong up front. So being able to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball with Caden Trout, with James Getz, it's not as easy against an East Noble team. So I think that some of the little adjustments they made last week against a New Haven team, who is better, I think, is the defensive backfield in East Noble. And they were still willing to pass against them and try to open things up a little bit with a passing game. I think that's an important thing that East, that Columbia City did before that game with East Noble uh, because it's, it's going to be hard to pound the ball on the ground. So, yeah, you got to see who's who's ready to fight back. Um, I thought they bounced back from several mishaps well last week against New Haven. Uh, so now the question is, can you bounce back from a loss? They have not had to do that yet this year. Dan, when you look at uh, sectional 19, and it seems like a far, far away, but next weekend we're going to have sectional draw. You look at New Haven, Wayne, Leo, East Noble, Bishop DeWanger in there, amongst others. I don't know where to go to talk about that 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 uh, that sectional. I know New Haven beat Leo, but it was an overtime. And I know Wayne is a team that nobody wants to draw. You never know what you're going to get from Bishop DeWanger. I'm looking at this field, and we could three straight weeks have must-watch games in sectional 19 for how unpredictable that could be. Yeah, I think it's a completely wide-open sectional. Um, in so many ways, and, you know, there's part of me that's salivating for a New Haven-Leo rematch. That first game was so good, um, but, you know, with Dwinger in there now, too, it, I think it changes a lot. Um, a team that is 
gaining traction. I think that's the thing about all the teams that sectional is they're gaining traction right now um, and probably are going to be the most dangerous they've been all season going into sectional play. So, yeah, I love that sectional. I think it's probably going to be – it's got to be regarded as one of the toughest in the state, I would think, at this point. Let's look at the ACAC, Dan. We have Bluffton and Heritage this week. Bluffton, the new number one team in Class 2A. They're undefeated at 6-0. and So many people are looking ahead to that Week 8 game against Adam Central, but they have to find a way to knock off Casey Kolkman's Patriots on the road tomorrow night. What should we expect in this one in Monroeville? Yeah, I think it really could be, uh, you know, just kind of a – a fast-paced game, a game that, you know, a lot of points are scored. Uh, very good defenses, but they both have very explosive offenses and guys that can, you know, take off with the ball. And so I think that the important thing to look at here is how focused, excuse me, does Brent Kunkel have the Bluffton Tigers right now? Because it would be easy to look ahead at Adam Central and be like, well, they're, the, they're where we need to be. That's the pinnacle. That's where we got to be. But you can't look past the Heritage team. You know, I, when you look outside that one loss to Adam Central, they've been really, really good. Uh, last week in their win, they spread the ball out, probably the best they've done all season. So you have another team that's starting to figure things out schematically. Um, it's going to be a very tough challenge for this Bluffton defense to be able to contain Kobe Meyer and the other weapons that they're, uh, you know, stretching out at Heritage. Caleb Abbott had a great week last week on the ground. Uh, you know, Zeke Litchfield has become a nice, big, tall target for Kobe Meyer when they pass the ball. So as Bluffton dialed in to Heritage, um, yeah, you want to say yes. Uh, I'm sure that, that Coach Kunkel has done a tremendous job of drilling that into their heads, but they're also teenagers. So at the end of the day, how focused are you on Heritage not looking ahead to a possible matchup with AC? Uh, it, it should be a really good game. And, you know, as much as the SAC has some really nice games in rivalry week and the NEA has a couple of good games, Bluffton Heritage could end up being the game of the week. Real quick, Dan, in the Northeast Corner Conference, Lakeland and West Noble. West Noble, the only undefeated team in the NECC. They've rolled over their opponents thus far this season, and they've done it largely on the ground with Seth Pruitt. They can pass when they need to with uh, Drew Yates, and you look at this team as complete of a team in the NECC. Lakeland has been able to put up a lot of points built around Braden Holbrook, their sophomore quarterback, and Sean Conley, the running back. I expect a, a first of 40, 45 game here in this one tomorrow night, but uh, could Lakeland go into Ligonier and get the win over West Noble, or is that running game just too powerful for the Chargers? I think it's possible. You know, Lakeland, when they get loose and things are going their way, they're very, very good. Uh, I know they have a conference loss, but it, it's an easy, I don't want to say easy, but it's a pretty good argument to make that Lakeland's so strong, and you know they're going to do things the right way. They're going to be very educated. They're going to be very tough in the trenches. That's just how Monty Mayhorter or coach teams are all the time. You and I have seen it for years. Uh, so the, the question is, not to me, can West Noble run the ball on Lakeland like they have everybody else? Because I think they can. Uh, because and that's no knock on Lakeland. That's just to the credit of West Noble. The question is, can Lakeland uh, put up those big points, pick up those big plays against a West Noble team that's going to be stingier than any defense that we've seen? Uh, we've seen Garrett be able to stop Lakeland. And I think West Noble is significantly tougher defensively. So Lakeland might have to get crafty because West Noble is just not going to give up um, the stuff that some of the other teams in the NACC will just because they're going to be so fundamental on how they play defensively. All right, Dan, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot for breaking down week seven. It's going by 
pretty darn quick. Pretty soon we'll be talking playoffs. We appreciate it. Very fast. Very fast. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, man. That was Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us here as he does each and every Thursday, kicking off the high school coaches show. Presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse after the break, head coach Jason Garrett of the Bishop DeWinger Saints will join us, break down the Battle of the Bishops coming up tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, you can hear rivalry game in the SAC. Won't be the Battle of the Bishops, but you'll be able to hear Homestead and Carroll here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It'll be Brett Rump, Shannon Griffith on the call. Kickoff at 7 o'clock right before, of course, the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Football Tailgate pregame show with Jim Shovlin, Shannon Griffith, and Eric Dutkevich from Parkview Sports Medicine leading in to kickoff. So you can hear that game tomorrow night here on these very airwaves. Coach Garrett coming up after this here on 1380 The Fan. 100.9 100.9 FM. Hey Siri, take me to Cup A Joe Cafe. Which Cup A Joe Cafe? The one on Main Street. Here it is on the map. Starting route to Main Street. Today, this is how many people get to where they want to go. While driving, they may ask Siri or the manufacturer's app in their dash. While at home, they may ask their smart speaker or favorite app like Snapchat or Nextdoor. This is reality. Voice to navigate. Voice to find business hours. Voice to call. Don't miss out on the opportunity to always be there for them. You can control what apps, voice assistance, maps, and community platforms know about your business. If your info isn't accurate in these places, it's simple. You won't be found. Can you afford to make this mistake? Let FDS Local help. FDS Local offers the service that manages all of these in one place easily so you don't miss a beat or a customer. To receive a free report on how easily your business is found, text LOCAL to 46862. That's LOCAL to 46862 to request your free report today. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. 
To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. Week 7 edition of the High School Coaches Show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Justin Kenny with you till 7 o'clock. Talking area high school football. Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, will join us a little later on in the show talk about the game last week at New Haven and the big one coming up at home tomorrow night against the East Noble Knights. There's a lot of big games in the area. Perhaps none bigger tomorrow than the Battle of the Bishops over at Lures Field on the campus of Bishop Lures High School. It'll be the Knights taking on the Bishop DeWanger Saints and to talk about that and more. Saints head coach Mr. Jason Garrett on the line with us right now. Coach, how are you? Great, how are you? Good coach, and and wanted to hit you. I haven't talked to you since uh, before the season, and and so everybody was asking. Everybody had an opinion about Bishop Dwanger football after the first two weeks of the season. Then you guys have won three or four. But tell me, how what was the mindset after Brownsburg and Moeller, and how did that maybe set up in a positive way what's happened since? Well, thanks for asking that question. Um, you know, we knew that we had uh, we had set the. Uh, the standard as high as we possibly could with, with our schedule. Um, we weren't going into that blind. Um, that said, I mean, those were tremendous challenges and we found ourselves um, learning quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we set out in January, um, you know, in the weight room, uh, intentional about everything we did. Uh, went to a different style of workout, a little more military style. We knew that we were going to be young in some skill positions. We knew that you know, the mountain was very high from the very beginning. And uh, so, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, th those battles were not a surprise. Uh, we learned a lot. Um, I'll start with the coaching staff. I mean, when you start out your schedule the way we did, um, you're making a lot of decisions. Uh, you're making a lot of adjustments that you, you know, in most seasons may not be making until mid-season. Maybe you're, you know, seventh eighth week into the season we're making game one game two and you know uh couldn't be prouder of our guys our coaching staff willing to learn those lessons our guys were uh very positive our seniors stayed together the the captain stayed together and you know we weathered some some pretty strong adversity that said we did some really good things in those games uh you know people like to look at the scoreboard uh it's part of our culture and you know pretty mammoth uh you know, scores against us, obviously, and uh, we've just been staying the course. And, um, you know, we're starting to see some very, very positive things from a lot of those early lessons that uh, we've learned, and we just want to keep building on that. And I have to imagine you find out a lot about your kids in those situations, too. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, um, one of the, the moments, you know, we're going to talk about as we go through these latter parts of this latter part of the season is, you know, some of these locker room moments. And uh, I'll take everybody to Moeller. Uh, it's halftime. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure it was already 30 something to nothing. There were a lot of big plays, and albeit we we did we had some good drives, we did some good things. And one of our senior captains, um, it was told to me by another coach later on. I did not witness it, but it was, you know, where would you guys rather be? Where would you guys rather be with the lessons we're learning right now? This is right where we want to be. We got to get better. 
Uh, we know the, the gauntlet that we're going to go into with the SAC. We know what our aspirations are uh, being back in 4A. And, um, you know, that was the attitude. And uh, that speaks to our captains and our seniors. I mean, they, they've embraced it. Uh, they persevered. You know, we, we uh, and talk a lot about resiliency and fidelity uh, to who we are and what we're about and where we want to go. And, um, you know, as you said, uh, we got some tremendous senior leadership this year. And, uh, you know, I really start, I think it's starting to show. Coach, before you, we get into uh, into your team in particular, wanted to ask you about that transition from 5A to 4A, and I know there was a lot of confusion out there, and I tried to explain it to everybody I possibly could, but but basically breaking it down from, from you guys' perspective, Dwenger's perspective, and having that clause in the success factor that allows you to request to be bumped back down after a year if you don't have any accumulate any points. So kind of take us through that process and why it happened when it happened. Well, that was not the clause. So um, without getting into the details, um, everybody can go online. There's a, there's a public announcement that was made back in April of 2022, and we were one of seven teams listed. There were two football teams, two volleyball teams, two soccer teams. And essentially um, you have, you know, we learned a lot in the process, but essentially in that, in that um, news release, uh, that's on the IHSA website. Um, if any of those teams, one of us, you know, one of the seven, uh, did not earn any points last fall, uh, they would be returned uh, to their, you know, to their proper uh, classification. Um, so um, there was no request on our part. It was essentially what was understood and expected. And unfortunately, um, it took until late August to be finalized. And now you guys are, are back in 4A and in familiar territory, but wanted to ask you about the last couple of weeks, Coach, and, and that win coming back and, and knocking off Homestead. And we saw last week what Homestead and how good they can be, and you guys trailing that game. And I think maybe that, if anything, opened a lot of eyes to this Bishop DeWanger team. And, and, and I, I have to ask, just, just that coming down to, to, to that moment, those games, or that game in particular, being able to pull that out, I have to imagine the lessons of early in the season really paid off in that one. Yeah, you said it. I mean, um, adversity was was uh, not unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think our guys have always believed in themselves. And, um, you know, I had a flashback to 2018. Um, you know, we're in the locker room, 14-7, um, and uh, the seniors asked if they could have the floor, and uh, we cleared the locker room. Uh, coaches left. And... Um, you know, as interesting it was, they come out, they have a long drive, go up 21-7, and then uh, everything changed. So um, it's a moment that we're going to, you know, God willing, look back on as, a, as another one of those pivotal moments where, uh, you know, it becomes their team, right? As, a, as coaches, we try to prepare them, and then you cut them loose on Friday. And at the end of the day, when it becomes their team and they're able to overcome adversity and stay together and trust and love each other, uh, that those become very dangerous teams uh, as you get later in the season. Coach, wanted to ask you about senior Ethan Springer, and we've seen him blossom and mature over the course of this season and, and the last couple of weeks in particular, making some big plays and running this offense. And how have you seen him grow, not just this season, but also his career with Bishop DeWanger and now thrusting him into this position as one of the leaders of this offense? Well, we love Ethan. Um, he's a, he's a perfect fit at Bishop DeWanger high school and, 
has just been uh, one of the most coachable, likable uh, young men that we've had come through here. So, you know, we're blessed to have him and his family with us. And um, he just continues to get better. I mean, he's, uh, he's one of the many examples of, you know, from week one until week now, just continues to buy into uh, getting better each week. Um, you know, we, we were able to learn a lot, especially in our running game against uh, some, you know, those two uh, really big opponents out the gate and passing game was a little bit behind. And, uh, you know, since then, I think everybody's beginning to see what he's capable of. And, you know, he's blessed to have, you know, two, three, four guys out there on the outside that, that can go get it for him. He's now, uh, he's managing, uh, he's leading uh, the offense and, um, you know, just couldn't be prouder of him and um, anxious to see, you know, uh, him get better tomorrow night. Coach, let's talk about Bishop Lures. You got the big one coming up tomorrow night on the road. What have you seen out of the Knights? They're unbeaten so far in the SAC after struggling themselves in the non-conference. So you guys have commonality there. But what have you seen out of the Knights you guys need to be ready for? Well, it's it's the uh, Bishop Lures of old, man. They are, uh, you know, schematically, they do so many great things on offense. You know, they got their screen game going. They're able to go a little bit of, eye formation and power. They want to move your eyes with formation. Uh, they're pretty darn solid in the trenches. Uh, they lock you up pretty well. And, you know, they got some gritty guys. They got a good quarterback who's managing things well. And uh, so, you know, we got a work cut out for us there. It's, it's just a lot to prepare for uh, in a short amount of time. And defensively, uh, like all the lures of old, great speed. Uh, they'll load the box on you. They'll force you to go man in, in the passing game. Uh, bring pressure on you. So, you know, we got to be prepared, um, you know, in that facet as well. And then at the end of the day, goes without saying in special teams, um, you know, a lot of times this game comes down to uh, we, we see the tremendous uh, challenge we have ahead of us. We, we try to prepare as best we could and, um, you know, see how it turns out tomorrow night. It's always a war. It always seems to come down to one score, one play. So uh, here we go. Coach, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about, about the rivalry. And it's always it's like most rivalries, you don't really understand it till you're within it. And and me growing up in a, a big Catholic family, I had Dwanger side and a Lure side and all that <laughs> stuff. And it's just, it, it means a lot to a lot of people. And every year it seems like an absolute war and it, it, the series goes back and forth. And just your experiences over the years and, and both communities and how much this means to, to so many around Fort Wayne. Yeah, you said it well. I mean, you know, just from the standpoint of our faith, right, the, the two Catholic schools here in town, and, you know, it goes back to Central Catholic, and then when things divided, the Lures and Dwanger, and so, yeah, you're looking at two, three, maybe in some cases, four generation of, you know, families that are on one side or the other, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of loyalty on both sides, and, um, you know, People go back, you know, we're here in school. We got boyfriends and girlfriends at each school. And so, <laughs> you know, you, you can't put into words, you know, uh, what it means to everybody. Um, at the same time, you know, we're blessed to have the two Catholic schools and, and uh, have an opportunity to play each other. And it's always such a great game. And we learn a lot and prepare each other for the postseason. So, you know, our guys are ready to go. I know their guys are ready to go. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow. And uh, there'll be, yeah, there'll be a lot of people tuning in. That's for sure. All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, uh, and and good luck tomorrow night, buddy. Appreciate it. Always uh, appreciate you having us on. Thank you.
That was Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWanger Saints, joining us here, talking about the Battle of the Bishops coming up tomorrow night. Seven o'clock kickoff on the campus of Bishop Lures at Lures Field. And one of the great rivalries, not just in the area, but the entire state. Last year's game, a 17-12 to 12 Bishop DeWanger uh, win the year before, a 41-38 to 38 win for Bishop Lures. Uh, it goes on and on. Uh, you know, 2018, a 15-13 to 13 win for Bishop DeWanger. A year before that was a 15-14 to 14 win for Bishop DeWanger. A year before that was a seven-point game. As Coach said, you go back, and particularly recently, there's a lot, lot, lot of games that have come down to a single possession, single score in this rivalry. And when you look at it for tomorrow's game, there is a lot of commonalities between these two teams, maybe the biggest being of how both of these teams have rebounded from struggles through the first two weeks. And some people's struggles are other people's learning opportunities, right? So we talked to Coach Jason Garrett about it. He said, yeah, we looked at 51-7 against Brownsburg and 57-0 against Moeller, and outsiders saw Bishop Dwanger's terrible. Inside, we saw we were challenged as much as we're possibly going to be challenged through the first two weeks of the year, and it's going to make us better if we react accordingly, if we react positively. And that's the big thing, is as coaches and players in a program, you can easily mentally check out lost the first two games by a, a total of 100 to 8 108 to 7 bishop dewanger would have been easy for the players to listen to outsiders coaches to listen let the noise affect them and say yeah we do suck and it all fall apart or you can use that as motivation and pushing you and bishop dewanger coming out and getting a win over northside in week three battled Carroll for the better part of three quarters in week four. Beat Homestead, beat Northrop. Now they prepare for Bishop Lures. Conversely, Bishop Lures, 45-7 to loss in week one at East Noble. I was there. Bishop Lures looked terrible. Couldn't move the football. Couldn't get a stop. East Noble ran it down their throat. And you looked at it and go, whoa, Bishop Lures is not a good football team. The week after, 36-7, to rolled by New Haven. At Lures Field. Similar to Bishop DeWanger. Well, Bishop Lures, they're, they're terrible. They suck. They're 4-0 since then. Wins over Northrop, Wayne, Concordia, and Northside. You could say, well, Northrop and Concordia are down. Yeah, but Wayne's pretty solid. They almost beat Carroll last week. Northside's solid. That was a, a back-and-forth game last week that Bishop Lures was able to win on the road. How you handle that early season adversity can set you up positively or negatively, and both Bishop Lures and Bishop DeWanger have used those early struggles to fuel positively the rest of the season. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to talk about one of the most historic rivalries in the area that a lot of people, particularly young people, don't know about. Also, Coach Brett Fox at Columbia City coming up a little later. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.
Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse, a great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Here's a romantic warning from the Securities Division of the Indiana Secretary of State. Scammers are posing as potential romantic partners on dating apps and social media. It may sound innocent, getting to know you and such, but before long, scammers are asking you for money. They might avoid meeting in person or even brag about their wealth. Unfortunately, victims have lost millions, so don't let scammers play with your emotions and steal from you. Keep your guard up. This message sponsored by the Office of the Indiana Secretary of State. Your home is probably your favorite place and probably one of your biggest investments. So why should you as a homeowner consider an insulation upgrade? Most homes are under-insulated. Why is that a problem? Poor insulation allows heat in your attic to get into your home and cost you more to stay cool. It's time you discover Koala Insulation, simply one of the smartest home improvement projects you can do. So go online and book your appointment for a free insulation evaluation. Online at koalainsulation.com. Notre Dame football. Love the Irish, don't love the Irish. No matter which, admit it, you care about Notre Dame football. And there is no better way to stay up with the Irish than tuning in Saturday mornings at 10 to Fighting Irish Preview. With me, Bill Houck and America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester of IrishIllustrated.com. Saturday mornings at 10, it's the 27th season of Fighting Irish Preview on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. I'm Justin Kenny here till 7 o'clock. We'll make way for Thursday night football. Pre-game will start at 7.30 as the Detroit Lions travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. You can hear all the action tonight, beginning at 7.30 here, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It is rivalry week in the SAC, so you have the totem pole game, north and south. You have the Battle of the Bishops, Lures and Dwanger. Talked about that with Coach Jason Garrett of the Saints. You have Snyder and Northrop, I guess, if you consider that a rivalry, considering Northrop hasn't won in the series since 1999. You have Homestead Carroll. But perhaps the biggest rivalry no longer exists in the city. And Ben Martone wrote a great article at OutsideTheHuddle.net about the rivalry between Central High School and Central Catholic High School back in the day. And those who know know that both of those high schools were located downtown. Central Catholic no longer there. Meanwhile, Central High School, at least a portion of it, is now the Fort Wayne Community Schools Career Center, the old Anthus 
career center. But these were two schools separated by barely half a block. And back in in the day, in the 50s and 60s and, and going into the early 70s, this was the rivalry in the city. You had your Central Catholic Irish, you had your Fort Wayne Central Tigers, and they went back and forth. And there were so many good games. The first game they ever played, 1934, ended in a tie. Scoreless tie, 0-0. Zero to zero. The last game they played against each other also ended in a tie. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, uh, minute in a bit. But 1950, week two is when the Fighting Irish of Central Catholic played Central High School. That was a 20 to nothing win for Central Catholic. That that was the year that Central Catholic went 10 and 0 and won the uh, one quote unquote with there was no postseason tournament, the state championship going 10 and 0. And um, that was a big year for Central Catholic. But you looked at um, so many names of history when you talk about uh, Phil Ehrman and Tony Martone. And Buzz Dorfler taking over late in Central High School's existence. Of course, Dorfler named synonymous in this area, right, with players and coaches both. Uh, Bob Love, Clarence Bullock back in 1970. That was the last game that those two teams played against each other was October 10th, 1970, ended in a 12-12 to tie. So they started off playing in 1934, 0-0 tie. And they ended their rivalry in 1970 with a 12-12 to tie. Uh, Central Catholic went on to, to play one more season before it closed. 1971 went 6-2-1. Central closed in 1970. And, of course, with the opening of Northrop and Snyder. Um, and then Bishop Lures and Bishop DeWanger and Wayne. I mean, everybody kind of spread out. They were split. But... There was evidence throughout the city of the old rivalry. You can still see memorabilia at both the Wenger and Lures about the rivalry from Central Catholic side. Central High School, a little bit more difficult to find stuff, but at Anthus, they, old Anthus, I call it Anthus. It was Anthus when I was in school. The Career Center downtown has some stuff as well. But that was the biggest rivalry in the city. North and South has become that, and they played earlier they'll play for the 97th time tomorrow at archer stadium but there was no bigger rivalry back in the day 30s 40s 50s 60s than central high school and central catholic high school barely a half a block away down there on uh lafayette street and lewis right around that area you could see the old marker that's a nice, I don't know if it's a granite marker there about with Central Catholic High School on there. Uh, some They still have reunions for both schools with the people getting up in age. But it's a history lesson that the young folks really aren't interested in. But so many people uh, my age and, and older are, are fascinated with because of just how much it meant to the city when you only had three or four high schools. You had South, North, Central, and then you had Central Catholic and Concordia. That's basically what you had. And um, pretty amazing to read about that uh, rivalry 
you can look at it at outsidethehuddle.net. Great article by Ben Martone on the forgotten rivalry between Central High School and Central Catholic High School. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk to Columbia City head coach Brett Fox after the break. We'll talk about his team's loss last week to New Haven, regrouping and preparing for the East Noble Knights coming up tomorrow. We'll be back here after this here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Tired of living with chronic joint pain from arthritis or injury? Stop with the steroids and pain meds and don't have surgery until you check out regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics. These therapies can help the body have long-term relief of your pain. Meet Dr. Justin Garzone, medical director at QC Kinetics. We use your body's own healing properties, highly concentrate them, and then use that to restore and repair the damaged tissues in your joints. This is a cutting-edge natural solution from local medical professionals. We have a team of medical assistants, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, and physicians that are trained specifically just to do regenerative medicine. And Dr. Garzone speaks from personal experience. Before joining the QC Kinetics team, he was an actual patient. I am now pain-free. You too can get lasting relief from joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 260-333-9383. That's 260-333-9383. 260-333-9383. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for a turfed indoor practice facility. Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's hoopy, H-U-P-E, fieldhouse.com. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Just Justin Kenny and Twisted Sister here on a Thursday night here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show. Presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Coming up tomorrow night, game of the week here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. They'll be out at Carroll High School. Rivalry night in the SAC. Homestead Spartans will travel to take on the Carroll Chargers. You can hear the action at 7 o'clock, Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith on the call here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. A big game, not very too far from Carroll High School. We'll be in the Northeast 8 tomorrow night as Columbia City returns home. They will host the East Noble Knights to talk about it right now. Eagles head coach Brett Fox, evening coach. Hey, thanks for having me on, Justin. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's go back and, and recap last week, and, uh, and and I was there, and it was a closer game than what the final score indicated. That 60-yard touchdown run towards the end made it a two-score game. But take uh, take us through the process of of that football game. So close, a game that could get turned on a dime with with any play. You were just kind of waiting for something to happen, and eventually it went New Haven's way. Yeah, I think uh, you know you had two teams trying to kind of 
feel each other out, and and I think it, it shocked a lot of people just how how well both defenses played, and and uh, um, it was kind of just the opposite of what everybody expected, um, which is sometimes what you get, you know, in those kind of situations, and and uh, you know, especially when you get conference teams that you know get to see each other uh, a lot more often, you know, and 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 get some some motivation behind it when you know something's on the line. Um, it's always fun to to coach and play in those games. What in the end did you feel was the difference in that one? I think uh, I, I I personally did not do a very good job of uh, of putting us in, in in good situations offensively. Um, you know when we got down, uh, you know you, you can't go one of four in the red zone as an offensive play caller and feel good about um, the situations in the in the positions that you put your kids in and so you know we got to get better at that um and be prepared for that um you know um anytime you go 25 percent in the red zone whether you know you can second guess each other and say hey maybe if we kick some of those field goals in that situation it works differently but you know the first time we were down there you know just kind of thinking man it's early in the game like we want to make a statement it's third and short we want to do this and uh you know we miss a block um and leave defensive lineman unblocked just uh, on some miscommunication by us. And, uh, you know, you, you go back and it's uh what it could have, should have kind of situation. But I think it comes down to uh, my decision-making and, and, and putting us in those uh, positions and trying to have us better prepared for those situations in the future. The one score you guys were able to get was a tremendous reception by Junior Stratton Fuller. It was a defensive pass interference play in which he was being held still was able to haul the ball in with one hand. He ceases to amaze. He he is 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 Grayson Bradbury's top target. He's he's tremendous on defense. He punts for you. He does it all. Just how it's it just seems like he continues to get better and better. As good as he was as a sophomore, he's just as good now as a junior. Yeah, he's a, a very talented individual. And and what people don't get to see is all the work that he gets to put in. You know, for you know, you 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 have some you have some people that have some talent. Um, but but what really separates him from everybody else is not just having those talent, but that but his work ethic matches his talent. Um, and so you know, it's really fun, and and just his knowledge of football is incredible, and it's something that um, you know is. Is, is just awesome to see and awesome to see him. You know, we, we try to put him in different situations each week and, and um, allow him to make plays. And, and uh, you know, and he, he rewards us with, with things like that, like with that catch that he made um, and the plays that he makes. Um, and just a, a great kid and, and one that's a, a humble kid that understands that his teammates help put him in those situations. And uh, uh, just a fun kid to, to coach. How much has he helped Grayson too behind center as that safety net? I think it's uh, you know it's awesome for Grayson to have that, and you know those guys have a connection. They're used to playing uh, football with each other growing up, and and so you see those different kinds of things, and and uh, you know for both of them to be juniors, uh, and 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 for Grayson just to know that you have that out there, it, it it's got to make him feel more comfortable, um, and it, I think it makes us feel more comfortable offensively as well brett fox columbia city eagles joining us here on the high school coaches show presented by hoopy Fieldhouse. coach wanted to ask you about uh one of your defenders in in noah mcdevitt and we, we talked about uh this earlier in the season you and i off the show 
But just the, the impact he's making, leading this team in tackles, in tackles for loss, in sacks as well. He's a senior, but he's a kid who bided his time, didn't complain, didn't look to transfer, put in the work, and look at him now. And, and it's an even better story than that after I spoke to you about it. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible kid. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a kid that has always had a passion for football. Um, you know, he, he's got a great family. Um, he's got great passion for football. He works hard. He's, you know, he doesn't miss a workout. He's, he's a kid that's invested in that. And, and, you know, I think what's, what's crazy is, you know, we're sitting there and, you know, you, you try to, he's, he's always working hard and practicing years before. And, you know, we, he's just stuck behind a lot of good guys, um, you know, that we graduated last year. And, and, and so, you know, we're, we're going into the season trying to figure out who's going to play middle linebacker. And so we kind of switch positions with him and, he was playing some some defensive line for us in the past, and has never played some linebacker for us. And he's just an aggressive kid that that gets after it. And so, um, you know, we made the move, and and he the aggression paid off, and coming easy to him. And and you know, it's just a kid that um, it's those type of kids that you remember as a coach, right? Like they, they they're the ones that you appreciate. Those are the ones that you remember for a long time because they're a program kid. You know, it's not. You know, I love to see when we get a senior um, who maybe hasn't played like this and, and then he gets his opportunity and he, he makes the most of it and, and he makes mistakes, but, but uh, man, the kid goes 100 miles an hour and, and, like, you could get more kids just to realize that, man, half this battle is, is just going aggressively and playing aggressively and getting after it, then um, I think it would make it uh, coaching a lot more easier. So um, it's just a kid that... Uh, he's just an awesome kid justin like just um he gets after it and i i can't say enough about just his work ethic i think the coolest thing was you told me he got voted a captain before yeah anything was expected out of him this year and and, and that for, for a guy that was a career backup hadn't played much to be voted as a senior or as a senior captain is pretty cool yeah absolutely yeah but by his teammates so yeah. you know his teammates saw that and they they voted him captain and it kind of reminds me a lot of last year you know like we had a captain clayton scott and who who you know was on all, all of our special teams but he was just kind of like okay a plug guy like okay it's third and long we need you to go in here at safety and he was voted captain and it's just it just reminds your guys of just the importance of that and and anytime you can get a team to realize just how important those roles are uh it makes your job easier Coach, when you look at the matchup coming up with East Noble tomorrow night, it's a very physical team. You guys want to be physical, be able to run the football. Uh, when you look at keys in this one, what are they? Yeah, I think the key is I think both teams are going to run and we're going to be done by about 8.15. <laughs> um, Early night. No. Everybody gets home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, East Noble is an aggressive team. They, they want to uh, – they're, they're happy you know, especially this year, you know, when you watch it and they, they, they're happy with just getting three yards and, and we'll get three yards, three yards, three yards, and we'll go forward on fourth and short. Um, and then when you fall asleep, we're going to, we're going to use our athletic ability and hit you because they got two young, um, wide receivers who are, who are electric for them. And, and they got, they got a bunch of backs that they rotate in there and they keep fresh and, and just a big offensive line. And so we have to be ready for that. Um, and just ready for that size and that aggression and, and those kind of things come tomorrow night. 
when you look at, at at this matchup too, and also looking at your group coming off the first loss of of the season on the eve of this game, do you know how your team's going to come out, react, and play and bounce back, or is it even a question mark for you? Or as a head coach, do you know this group is like this, and I know they're going to play this certain way tomorrow night? Well, I think you have an expectation, um, you know, and I, and I we're trying to t- talk to them and. The expectation doesn't change just because of the outcome from the week before. Um, and so, you know, we know that, um, you know, we, we got a tough conference. You know, we got a very tough conference that's going to prepare us for sectional, and that's what we're kind of looking at. And what we're trying to say is, like, you know, like, yes, we we wanted to defend the conference championship. We we wanted an opportunity to, to win that again. But at the same time, uh, you know, I think our ultimate goal is to try to play into November, um, you know, we got a sign in our in our uh, uh, locker room that says, "You remember the games that you played in November." Um, and so, uh, a tough matchup like this is preparing us for November. Um, and so, you know, we're kind of going in with that attitude that we 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 want to be aggressive in this game. We want to rebound and we want to refocus and realize that um, the loss last week doesn't take away um, all of our goals for this season, and and it doesn't necessarily you know, uh, eliminate any of our goals as well. Coach, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about, is there a more overrated team in the area than number one Bluffton in Class 2A? <laughs> I mean, what are voters yeah. thinking right now? <laughs> yeah, Coach, Coach Kunkel over there, you know, he's he's probably really mad. Like, <laughs> he's He's got to be so mad right now just with, the, you know, the, their rating. But, no, I mean, that guy's earned it. Um, you know, you want to talk about uh, somebody that's, that's uh, been building the program and and been been at Bluffton for a while. Uh, um, you know, he he got on this role by being my alma mater, um, and so um, and you know this, and just so the listeners know, like uh, me and Coach Kunkel and a couple other coaches are on a a text thread, so we're we're good friends, and and I'm so excited for him, and you know, you hope you get an opportunity um, where you can. Uh, celebrate some postseason success with those guys, and and uh, man, like I, uh, that's so, got to be so excited for that program and that community. Um, and you know, I just remember, you know, us both winning the sectional last year, and and just texting each other, and we were just uh, we text each other uh, different pictures of, of where we had the trophy in our house. Just <laughs> like I can't believe this is ours. I can't believe that we've, we've done this, and and you know, especially. You know, as we've been building programs uh, together, and as you're walking there, like you can throw off ideas with each other and and things like that. Same thing with uh, you know Coach Mosier at, at South Adams, and so you know uh, just to have friendships within the coaching business like that, it, it just makes it so much fun to experience those things with them, and and you get to experience some of that with us too, and seeing how we razz each other and and get after each other, but. Uh, uh, you know, I you know for a team ranked number one, I'm sure it's like not cheering for them to win their sectional because I got to go with my alma mater, Eastbrook. So, there you go. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens for old Kung. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate it. Columbia City and East Noble coming up tomorrow over in Columbia City. Coach Fox, appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. Take care. That was Coach Fox, Columbia City Eagles. That's gonna wrap up. Our show this evening, another good one, chock full of uh, uh, entertainment, hopefully, along with maybe a a slice of information or two. When you look at 
coaches like Coach Kunks at Bluffton. Love the guy. You know, just just razzing him about Bluffton. But when you look at at, at those those types of, of coaches, and they can all share commonalities. Rural areas, Columbia City, South Adams, and Burn, and Bluffton, is they all go through the same same things, same trials and tribulations in terms of building a program and sharing ideas is is huge. But that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net. Thanks to Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWanger Saints, and, of course, Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles. Everybody, enjoy Week 7. Get out, watch a game if you can't. Homestead Carroll right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM tomorrow night. This has been the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. We'll see you. Podcasts by Federated Media.